all you ghostly goblins and ghouls, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is not Halloween, but it is pretty close. And uh, we had talked earlier about having uh, a special movie, and maybe we didn't talk about it, but having a special movie for Halloween. Uh, I've made an executive decision. Uh, The sponsors agree. The board of directors agreed. This was the right call. Uh, Instead of talking about one movie, I'm going to be talking about all of the movies. That's right. You heard it here first. Uh, Since my last review, which was for uh, My Hero Academia to Heroes, uh, I've been pounding in the Halloween movies. And uh, instead of just picking one, which would have been very difficult, I'm going to talk a little bit about all of them because it's the holiday season and I think it'd be a little more fun to just have a relaxing chat by the witch's cauldron as the fires blaze and we just celebrate the eerie creepiness of this holiday. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays and times of the year, always has been. And uh, that's just, uh, I mean, what reason do I need to give for it, right? It's Halloween. You get to dress up, be someone that you're not, walk around, trick or treat, except during this year, right? We can't do any of those things. Um, My wife and I, I think we're going to do some dressing up as uh, uh, Harry Potter and Hermione Granger. Um, Jury's out on how that's going to go. I actually haven't worn a costume in uh, a couple of years. Um, I'm sure you guys have guessed this by now. I am a homebody. Uh, I don't get invited to parties. I don't go out much, uh, so I've never really had a reason to dress up. I've secretly wanted to, to uh, go trick-or-treating, but... There's the whole adult factor there that I don't think uh, certain parents would appreciate, and I totally understand. So instead, we're going to just relegate it to this podcast where all the tricks, all the treats, they're all going to be showing up right here, and we're going to dive right in. And and like I said, I was thinking about doing like a... uh, Here are my top favorite Halloween movies. But even then, I was like, man, some of my favorites I haven't seen in a while. I thought maybe it'd be the top scariest movies. And that's when I was like, you know what? I just want to talk about the ones that I've seen recently because those will be the easiest ones for me to talk about. Uh, And so we'll dive right into that and uh, we'll see where this goes. But uh, the first one we're going to be talking about is Ari Aster's Hereditary. That's right. I briefly, I think I briefly mentioned it on the last uh, podcast, but... Holy cow, Hereditary is uh, hands down one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And what makes this movie so special is it's an actual good movie. Like, it, it is a movie that is almost a horror movie second. And uh, this is actually a really interesting concept that I had uh, learned about the other day, too. If, if any of you watch Wisecrack on YouTube, they had an episode around comedy and how the genre of comedy is dying and or is dead. And like, oh, let me click on this and see what it's all about. And it was like, no, it's not dead. It's just that the genre is dead. You had, you had those years long ago with Anchorman and The Hangover where comedy movies would just do so well and now you're lucky if they even break like 20 million and uh that kind of happens to horror movies as well uh but horror is a, is a much stronger genre i think than comedy and, and the reason they're explaining this though and i thought this was super cool 
is because there's they've said comedy has turned more into a mode now where you don't have movies that are strictly comedy movies it's it's these other movies that are action movies horror movies and in, in uh, wisecrack's example they used get out and avengers endgame as uh, movies where there is comedy baked into the movie but you're not like it, it's appreciated more because it's not a a full-on comedy and so hereditary kind of reminds me of that too in, in the sense obviously it's a it's a straight horror movie but you could also say that it's a drama movie that just has kind of elements of horror in it and there's a little bit of mystery too but uh just oh, that movie I, I saw that movie in theaters and i remember I, I drove to the theater and i i i can't remember if i had my wife watch a trailer for it or not but i remember her being like nope i don't want to see that movie she uh, is easily frightened and I thought, okay, that's fine. Obviously, in theaters, it would be extra scary. And so I was driving home from the theater all alone, and uh, all I kept thinking about is that scene where, uh, um, spoilers, obviously, but I'll be nice about it. She bonks her head on the telephone pole while she, her brother is driving her home. And uh, I know bonk is probably a lighter word than what actually happens. But still, as I'm driving, it was dark out. And I was like, oh, this is just the scariest thing ever. And I, it has that ooze about it where after the film, you it's just kind of festering inside you, that uncomfortable feeling of what did I just watch? It's it's one of those movies that is, is disturbing, but at the same time, just so good. It's well-made, uh, well-acted. I After seeing that movie, she, Toni Collette, was my pick for Best Actress that year. That was in uh, 2018. And uh, I stand by that decision. She was absolutely phenomenal in that movie. Everyone did a great job. Uh, but it was it was terrifying. And so actually this time around when we watched it, my wife did watch it. And uh, her fears were realized. Uh, she was very scared, but she thought it was a good movie. Um, she said it, it an interesting take. She said that it was un, it was like an unnecessary movie and explained it as like it it's so scary that like why would you make this movie and i'm like okay well obviously like it's been made but uh, an interesting i guess perspective on that and so kind of as a palate cleanser we also watched Shaun of the dead which uh classic movie classic edgar wright film uh the first one i think that he did uh, at least the first of the three cornettos uh or the cornetto trilogy the ice cream thing uh, with Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Shaun of the Dead's a classic. I've enjoyed it every single time that I've watched it. I, it super, And this is another one, right? It's a horror, but it's also a comedy. Or is it a comedy that is also a horror? And those are the best movies, I think, are the ones where they aren't stuck in a specific genre. And it's just a great example in this movie where Sean is just so oblivious to everything that is going around, him, going on around him, as his entire world is turning into a zombie apocalypse, and uh, he just doesn't notice it at all because he's either too tired or he's yawning or he's not paying attention. It's just it's a really accurate depiction of a lot of people who are uh, walking through life as zombies, and I think that's a really cool call out on that that Sean is his own type of zombie, but. Um, yeah, I, like I said, great movie, really funny. 
uh, had a couple of bits. There's one bit, uh, and again, this movie's from 2004. I think it needs to be called out. Nick Frost, great comedy guy. Uh, there's a bit where he uh, comes out of the car and uh, says the N-word, and everyone kind of, I don't think they exactly giggled. Uh, I'm sure it's a little different in the UK, but uh, we watched this movie with uh, my wife's cousin and her boyfriend, and uh, they all went pretty quiet. They were like, did he just say what... I think he said, and we were, I was like, yep, yeah, he did, and I'm, I'm so curious as to how that was responded to, uh, back in 2004, I imagine a lot of theaters probably erupted in, in, uh, laughter, and I don't think that would fly in today's day and age, but hey, that was the kind of comedy they were reaching for back then, I am not the one that needs to make excuses for them, that is for Edgar and Nick to decide, uh, since I believe it was written and directed by Edgar, but, Barring that, I thought the rest of the movie was absolutely slapstick hilarious, uh, knee-slapping hilarious, if you will. Uh, Moving on, this isn't a movie, but I think it should be, and uh, technically it kind of is. The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, Have not seen it before. My wife and I watched it, the whole thing, and that's a 10 out of 10. Uh, 10 out of 10 for TV, I'd give it a 10 out of 10 as a movie. Uh, Probably one of the best pieces of film that I've ever seen. And that is because they were able to sustain, through 10 episodes, terrifying horror, intriguing family drama, and just this this uh, blending of past and present and how not only the actions that you take affect you going forward, but the things that you do to and for your kids uh, affect them going forward. Really fascinating to look at, and what a better way! What better way to look at it than through the impact of a haunted house? Because that is the ultimate past, present, and future. Is like haunted houses are always haunted; they will ever be haunted until you know they get exercised or whatever. But I, uh, that's all I'm going to say on it. I don't want to provide any spoilers because there are so many cool things that happen in the film. All I will tell you is it is legitimately scary. My hair was standing on end during every episode. Uh, I had goosebumps, chills, you name it, and not just because of scary things, but because of the impact and power that a lot of the scenes had in terms of healing past trauma and dealing with past trauma. And don't get me wrong, though, the ghosts are frightening specifically the bent neck lady that was probably the scariest episode of them all but again the outcome of that episode uh is was just it was cataclysmic in realizing it's the sort of stuff that that you get to the end of the movie and they go oh by the way all this stuff that happened during the movie like oh that was all because of what and and your your brain explodes that's literally what happened in that um so uh time on that is nine hours and 32 minutes if you've got the time to dedicate if not highly highly recommend you add that to your fall festival fall film festival next year Moving on, a very uh, kind of obscure movie that um, I, th- I briefly saw a long time ago and I really wanted to dive into it, thanks to HBO Max, uh, because it's now streaming on there, called Equinox. Um, 1970 film directed by Jack Woods, Dennis Mirren, Mark Thomas McGee. Uh, it stars a bunch of unknown actors, Edward Connell, Barbara Hewitt, Frank uh, Bonner, and uh, well, the only interesting bit in terms of cast that I can share for those of you who are fans of Tim and Eric and maybe some of his other work is the second, the assistant director is Ed Begley Jr. Very cool. 
But um, this is an old, no, I guess old, depending on what you're looking at, 1970 film, but old in the sense of it is a very, very low budget movie. Uh, it's actually one of the reasons it became a cult classic was because of all the behind the scenes issues with this film of, you know, trying to get it made, trying to get the funding, getting the, the actors to come back and do reshoots, all that sort of stuff. The plot of this film, and I'm just reading what uh, IMDb has, it says four friends are attacked by a demon while on a picnic due to possessing a tome of mystical information uh, and it's told in flashbacks by the sole survivor so if that sounds exciting it is it's pretty exciting but again keep in mind this is a uh, low budget movie so the acting is not the best the special effects are not the best but you have to remember that this was a cult hit. So if you can appreciate this movie for what it is and enjoy it the way that it is, I think you'll find a lot in it. I really liked it. Uh, the sort of special effects specifically around this like demon devil that would fly at people, I thought was really cool and well done. Obviously, at points you can see the strings, you know that it's CGI and really bad CGI, or at that point it would have been, I don't even think it would have been CGI, but whatever it is, I was like, ah, but that's so cool that they were able to pull that off. And it really was, and it made for a very interesting movie, uh, and it's also super short. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. So um, I would recommend, uh, most of these I would recommend. There's going to be, um, just quickly scrolling through, none of them actually. So none of these I won't recommend. I think they're all great. Uh, next up is another one that I was really, really wanting to watch. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm kind of a Rob Zombie nut. I don't know if if that's what he would call. I'm I'm part of the zombie uh, zombie army. I'm a zombie. I'm Rob Zombie's uh, zombie son. I'm a zomboy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's really cool. I I like a couple of his songs, but what really hooked me with Rob Zombie was his Halloween movie, his his remake of Halloween, and that is a very controversial movie. There are a lot of people that don't like that movie and think it's really bad. And then there are a uh, a lot of people. I messed the joke up. There are a lot of people that really like this movie, and there are a lot of people that are wrong. So uh, it uh, and I, I also watched the uh, the second one too. He's got a sequel that I also really liked, and people hated that one even more. And so I actually just recently got those on Blu-ray. I haven't seen. I, I saw Halloween a couple years ago. I haven't seen Halloween two in a really long time. But I'm really looking forward to rewatching it to see if I if I liked it as much as I did before. Uh, and again, any any sequel done by the same director about the same content, I like watching. Like uh, again, like this Rob Zombie's Halloween. Whereas the typical Halloween that uh, John Carpenter did, I don't think some of those sequels were lauded very well. I think a lot of them were hated, and so I loved them. And uh, but I never I never jumped into any of his other movies. And I always kind of wanted to, but I knew, especially when these ones came out, which was like the early 2000s, I I knew already that I was too young for them, even though kids around me were like, oh, I watch rated R movies. Um, I knew I couldn't watch these because I knew they would mess me up. And I'm glad that I didn't because upon watching them, um, I'm like, yep, yeah, 100%. And what I'm talking about is House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, if any of you have seen that one, you probably know what I'm talking about. It is uh, two young couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas, searching for urban legends of murder, end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers. 
Uh, it includes Rob Zombie's wife, Sherry Moon. Uh, Bill Mosley is in it, who does a great job. I really liked him as the creepy clown. And surprise, surprise, there's some really uh, strange cameos in this movie. You've got um, Dwight Schrute from The Office. And I'm going to click on this because I, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. But um, Chris Hardwick is in it. And he's def- obviously he's lost weight since because I was like, wow, he... Uh, He's, he's a little bigger in this movie. And then also Walton Goggins is in this movie as well, which was uh, so cool to see just these people that are really big now, uh, arguable about Chris Hardwick. Obviously, he's got a, he's got a terrible past right now that he's dealing with. But um, why is it not showing Dwight Schrute? And why am I missing his name? Uh, I feel like he would be top billing, but this may have been one of the first. Yeah, Rain Wilson. Good Lord. Um, don't know why I messed up on that, but uh, it, it was a good movie. I really liked it to the point where I, I added his other films to my watch list. But then guess what? I got a huge surprise. His other movies, Devil's Rejects, and it's called like Three from Hell. Those are both sequels to House of a Thousand Corpses. And so I was like, awesome, there's a whole cinematic universe waiting for me, for me to watch. I also added Lords of Salem to my list as well, which uh, not at looking as much forward to, not looking, not looking forward to as much, uh, just because I, I, the content of it seems a little spooky. But hey, like I said, I, I'm a zomboy, so I've, I've got I to gotta at least check it out. Uh, from there, I know we briefly talked about this in multiple episodes. But uh, we finished Lovecraft Country, and I cannot think of a better show to watch during 2020, and specifically during spooky season, because this was a a horror show with some awesome fantasy elements, but it was a a, a drama through and through about a um, uh, Atticus and uh, Letitia who are... Um, it takes place in the 1950s. They're ser- it starts by them searching for their missing father or for Atticus's missing father. But I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard some things about Lovecraft Country. This is not an episode for me to dive deep into Lovecraft Country other than to say this is another 10 out of 10. And for those of you who loved what happened with the HBO Watchmen show and the themes that were discussed in there, especially around racism, uh, this is the show for you because they dive even deeper into that sort of stuff. We get hits on Tulsa. We get hits on, uh, I think they talk about the Red Summer, uh, but there's just so many terrifying and frightening bits of our past that are touched on in this movie from such a great perspective the 1950s is such a good time for them to focus on because there was so much terrible so many terrible things were going on and obviously terrible things have been going on the entire time our country has been around but it was cool to see that sort of highlighted here and to just bring more awareness to it i think the more that we see these sort of things and learn about our history as a country the more we can learn from it and we can move forward and fix those problems so that they don't happen again in the future. So again, go watch that movie, whatever show, whatever you do, watch it. It's amazing. Uh, next up, uh, kind of a spooky movie, 1985's Fright Night. Uh, had not seen this one before and was impressed. Uh, and and s- shockingly enough, I, I could have sworn that Captain America returned all of the stones uh, back to where they were supposed to go. He said it himself. He clipped all the branches, 
but I guess he missed putting the time stone back because Tom Holland is the director of Fright Night from 1985. It stars Chris Sarandon, William Ragsdale, Amanda Bierce, and Roddy McDowell. And uh, I thought it was good. This is, uh, I had only really known about Fright Night from the 2011 Fright Night. I didn't see it. Uh, I'd just seen like a trailer for it and whatnot and thought the concept was cool, which is that a teenager discovers that the newcomer in his neighborhood is a vampire. So he turns to an actor in a television horror show for help dealing with the undead. And what was even cooler is that actor in the television horror show uh, I, we were watching him like, I think I've seen, I know I've seen this guy before. And my brother was like, yeah, I think he's from night gallery. And I looked it up and he is from the pilot episode of night gallery. He is from one of our favorite skits called, uh, the cemetery and a uh, really cool ghost story about a, uh, a man who inherits a, uh, I guess an estate sort of, and he's the guy that inherits it. And there's a, there's a butler there named Osman Portafoy. And that was one of our favorite things because the guy would always call to him, uh, excuse me, Potifoy. And uh, he was just, he did a really good job acting. But what it was, was he would have these, he had these paintings on the wall. And there was a specific painting that showed the cemetery out in front of the, uh, out, in, out in the front. And um, all of a sudden, as he's going through, you know, the, as the days go on, the painting starts to change. And all of a sudden, we start to see that, uh, and I think there's some there's some bit of treachery involved. It's possible that maybe he killed, he uh, caused, that might be what it is. He came back, and his father, I think about his uncle, owned the place and was very sick. And he was supposed to be taking care of him, and he like basically killed him. And so in this painting, we start to slowly see in the cemetery, uh, a grave opens up. And a coffin comes out and he's like looking back as time goes on and then the coffin's open and there's a body in the coffin and it's his uncle. And so it's essentially teleplaying his uncle coming back to the house to kill him. Super cool, super cool. Um, so highly and highly recommend checking out Night Gallery for any of you that haven't. That is a Rod Serling show, uh, kind of a sequel to Twilight Zone. In my opinion, I like it better than Twilight Zone just because I like the uh, the presentation of it and the the spooky story aspect of it as opposed to the more um, sci-fi that Twilight Zone is. But anyway, <clears throat> Fright Night, uh, it, good movie and a really cool concept. So like a real live evil vampire moves into the next door and this kid knows that he's a vampire. Nobody else believes him. And so he goes to this guy who's the television host and he's like, oh, I need your help with this. And the guy's like, vampires don't really exist. And I think he sort of believes him, but then eventually does. And by then, like, it's too late. The vampires are, are he's striking out. It's It's cool. Really cool movie. Really enjoyed it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I would definitely check it out. It's like one of those uh, Halloween classics. Next up, 1977 House by uh, Nobuhiko Obayashi. It is a Japanese uh, movie, uh, Japanese horror comedy uh, is what IMDb is calling it. It's a short one too, only an hour and 20 minutes. Um, but it's a one of uh, my favorite yearly Halloween movies. So I, I, I think my brother and I have watched this for the last few years. This is a Criterion movie. And with that said, excuse me, that means this movie is available on HBO Max. And I will go back and say every single one of these films is available for streaming. So uh, going back, uh, maybe not Shaun of the Dead, I'm not sure on that, but Equinox is on HBO Max. 
House of a Thousand Corpses is on Netflix and Amazon. Lovecraft's HBO. Fright Night is on Amazon. House is on HBO Max. Uh, this, I will warn you, is a... Uh, it's not the most uh, American-friendly movie, I would say. For somebody who has only watched American cinema, they may find this movie a little off-putting only because the the things that are done in this movie, there's a lot of cool camera work, there's a lot of cool editing, um, uh, kind of set design, stuff that... And, and the dialogue too, obviously. I mean, it's all in Japanese, but beyond that, a lot of the jokes and stuff aren't exactly what you would call funny. But to me, it's really endearing, and that's why I've really liked this movie. It's about uh, it's about a schoolgirl and six of her classmates who travel to her aunt's country home, which turns out to be haunted, and that's why it's called House. Uh, so all I'll say is for those of you who are fans of quirky movies that aren't exactly that scary, but are more uh, just like, hey, I want kind of an out there movie, this is the one for you. I'm going to give you a couple kind of non-spoiler spoilers of things in this movie, but uh, if you like cats with glowing eyes, if you like uh, pianos or organs that are hungry, if you like um, uh, a girls who a girl who does karate and is fighting uh, pieces of wood, of chopped wood, you know this movie might be for you. If you like to see someone, uh, people carrying around watermelons, uh, there's a really funny guy down at the uh, at this one spot who's re- like got a really funny face. Um, there's just a lot of really cool campy sort of things in here. Uh, that's because the movie is a little bit lower of a budget. And uh, interestingly enough, again, this is a movie that I will go into more detail in in the future, probably sometime next year, uh, just because I'd love to dive into all the special features in this movie. And I do know a little behind the scenes of it in that this was essentially uh, Japan's response to Jaws, which is really weird. And if I'm remembering that correctly, I hope I am. Uh, basically, after Jaws came out, they were like, we want, we want a scary movie to come out in the summer. Uh, like a summer scary movie let's hire this guy and he ended up it was him and he like wrote the movie with his little daughter like a young daughter like less than 10 I think and uh, that's why the movie is so quirky and and to me I, I think that's really special Next up, Twitches. Uh, that is uh, Tia and Tamara Maori. Uh, now Tia Maori Hardrick and Tamara Maori Housley. Uh, directed by Stuart Gillard. Come on, guys. This is a Disney Channel original movie. Uh, and I had never seen it before. I know, I know. But hey, I'm catching up on all these uh, thanks to Disney Plus, which is where this is from. Uh, but for those of you that know this, probably know better than me, uh, two teen witches who were separated at birth and were adopted by two different families meet on the 21st birthday to use their powers to save the world where they were born, where their birth mother still lives. Look, here's what I'll say about this movie. I love Tia and Tamara. Uh, my wife and I are knee-deep in Sister Sister right now, which I've never seen before, and so that has just been an awesome experience to watch all of these episodes. I think they're a hilarious comedy duo. They are very quick-witted. Uh, this movie is essentially Sister Sister, but they're witches. And uh, I'm fine with that, but the film itself wasn't that good. I liked it, and I gave it a 6 out of 10, and that's because of Tia and Tamara. They made this movie watchable. Other than that, 
it's a really bad plot. I, the whole plot is that darkness is coming to take over the world or something. And uh, all that is is like a smoke, a fog. And, and we don't really ever know why. We know that there's a there's a guy, and it's very easy to find out who that guy is that's working with the darkness or is the darkness. They don't do a good job of explaining that either. The, only cool th- the other cool thing that I'll say about this is uh, the actress who is in Schitt's Creek is in this movie. Uh, Jennifer Robertson, and uh, she is kind of the same as her character in Schitt's Creek, Jocelyn, uh, Jocelyn Shit, and uh, she uh, was nice to see. That was a really nice surprise. I was like, no way, she's in this movie. Uh, so that was cool. That was fun. The rest of it, though, it was. Uh, let's just say I wasn't. I'm not too eager to watch the sequel. Now, switching gears to another Disney movie, a Disney movie that I love. I'm talking about The Haunted Mansion. Uh, this is with uh, Eddie Murphy and Marsha Thomason, uh, Jennifer Tilly and Terrence Stamp, uh, Rob Minkoff directing. And uh, this is one of my favorite Halloween movies. And I didn't realize that till I watched it recently. So my wife and I actually watched this on our anniversary on the 23rd. And uh, this was, I just, I, I was worried. I was worried that this movie would not sit as well with me as it did when I was a kid. Because I grew up, this was one of those like Disney movies. I had the DVD. We watched it all the time. I love Eddie Murphy, and uh, it's about he's a realtor, and uh, he's tra- he loves selling houses. Him and his wife, uh, Evers and Evers Real Estate, where they want you to love your home for Evers and Evers. And uh, they get a mysterious phone call from uh, a butler saying that this really expensive mansion they want to sell this mansion, uh, and so they just see dollar signs and they show up. And uh, the mansion ends up being the Haunted Mansion, and it's based off of the ride from Disneyland, which is probably uh, one of the other reasons why I loved it. I loved that ride as a kid. Granted, I only ever went on that ride during Halloween, so that w- I only ever got to see it as the Nightmare Before Christmas version. I have never actually ridden on the Haunted Mansion not that way. And of course, the last time we went to Disneyland, they were closed for repairs because it was the day before it was going to be the Nightmare Before Christmas. So, of course, I'll never get to do it. Maybe next time. Maybe I'll take my kids there one day and we'll ride on it. But just such a wholesome and fun movie. Eddie Murphy is hilarious. Terrence Stamp, I believe, is is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, he is creepy as hell in this movie. And he does such a good job of being mean. And uh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, great movie. And perfect Halloween movie too. Everything about it so spooky. The lady in the crystal ball, the other ghosts in the house, uh, and the kids are really funny too. So um, I would recommend that if you haven't seen it again on Disney Plus. Uh, here's another one that uh, went exactly as I thought it was going to go. Hubie Halloween on Netflix. This is the new Adam Sandler Halloween movie, and uh, Kevin James is in it. The uh, the classic list of uh, of. Adam Sandler uh, cohorts is in this movie, along with Julie Bowen from Modern Family and Ray Liotta from Every Gangster Movie. Um, this movie was okay. I, I liked it as a Halloween movie, but it doesn't go much further than that. He, it's it's him basically playing his character from uh, The Waterboy, where he has a sort of uh, speech impediment in a sense, and no one can really understand what he's saying, but he loves Halloween, he loves his town, 
and um, something goes wrong. Basically, someone escapes from a mental hospital, and Hubie tries to uh, like figure things out, and everyone makes fun of him. Literally, everybody makes fun of him for being a good person. So uh, that classic Adam Sandler comedy that comedy that just doesn't fly in 2020 anymore. Uh, we get it. It's uh, like back in the 2000s, late 90s. It was really fun to make fun of people with uh, speech impediments or people who uh, were nice. It was fun to poke fun at the good guy. But honestly, like that's over and done. And it's that's probably because uh, we've learned now that those are the people that make this uh, this world great. It's the nice people. It's the people that care about others that are the ones who rise above everything else. So to make fun of those people, to me, is a waste of time. And uh, again, not to say that that made the movie bad. It just made for a lot of eye-rolling moments of like, okay, come on, Adam. Um, but from there, we're, I'm just going to move right over that movie uh, to not Halloween, but a highly, highly recommended show uh, that I blazed through last week. Um, thanks to, uh, Disney plus, uh, that is star Wars rebels. Now, huh? Why are we talking about star Wars rebels? Well, we're talking about star Wars because tomorrow, uh, as of this recording, I don't know when I will be posting this, but tomorrow, October 30th, uh, Mandalorian season two is out on Disney plus. And there are, there are rumors up the wazoo rumors that I have been eating up like candy, uh, of, um, uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time, is going to be in the show. I'll lose my I'll lose myself if I see that. Um, also, Bo-Katan from um, from Clone Wars as well as uh, Rex slash Boba Fett, Jango Fett, whatever you want to call it, the clones. They're scheduled to be in it as well, I think. But then there was also rumors of some people in Rebels that would be in it. And I was already through season one. I was midway through season two. And uh, I was like, I've got to watch this entire show before Mandalorian comes out because I do not want to be watching that premiere and uh, something happens in it that I didn't catch. So I blazed through it and Rebels was amazing. It was so good. The show just gets better over time and is such a testament to Dave Filoni and everything that he has done for the Star Wars universe. The storyline with Ahsoka and Darth Vader was incredible. The story with the group itself, with Kanan and Ezra, was just so cool. The fact that they were able to pull in Darth Maul and the freaking Darth Maul Obi-Wan fight was nuts in how not nuts it was. Uh, especially after everything we had seen with Darth Maul and Ahsoka in the last uh, in uh, Clone Wars, so I would highly recommend watching Rebels. That's an any time of the year type show, but I'm just pointing it out now because uh, Mandalorian comes out tomorrow. Uh, back to the spooky movies. Next up is the 1997 horror movie Wishmaster. A demonic djinn, D-G-I-N-N, that is a type of genie, attempts to grant his owner three wishes, which will allow him to summon his brethren to Earth. Uh, the people that I watched this with, and I say that because it was my brother and my cousin, uh, they liked this movie, and they liked it a little more than I did. Um, I wanted to watch Friday the 13th. And they wanted to watch Wishmaster. And my cousin's like, this Wishmaster is better than all the Friday the 13th. And I was like, well, hang on a minute. I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. Uh, and it's it's directed by Robert Kurtzman, who, uh, if those of you who are fans of film, uh, know that he is a makeup and special effects guy. Uh, I'm looking through here to see if he did any directing. 
Um, he's got five credits for director. Buried Alive, The Rage, Deadly Impact. Okay, so maybe, was he a writer? There was something that I was like, okay, he did something. It was, uh, okay, he did Dusk from Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, but he also did makeup on Haunting of Hill House. And he was in the makeup department for Dr. Sleep as well. So he's been keeping busy. And uh, I'm sure he has to because I don't think the royalties for Wishmaster are that great. Um, but it was it was a good movie. I It wasn't bad by any means. It just was a very 90s film. And uh, again, the Wishmaster himself was very creepy. Uh, always trying to grant anyone their wish, but be careful because every wish you ask him, he finds some way to kill you. So just be careful that if he says, oh, uh, if, if he, there's a great scene where he was like killing somebody and this guy sees it and is freaking out. And he's like, oh, do you wish that you didn't see this? And he's like, uh, yeah. And he, he blinds him and it's like, okay, well, you know, that's not what he meant when he said he didn't want to see it, but Wishmaster, you did it again. Uh, so from there, we're going to move on to Ghost Stories, which is a movie I've been wanting to watch for a while. Uh, from 2017, it's uh, IFC, and um, Martin Freeman is in this movie. It's a anthology of sorts. It isn't exactly an anthology movie, but it's about a skeptical professor who embarks on a trip to three different sort of instances where uh, of unexplained apparitions. So it's kind of like Ghost Adventures in a sense. Uh, it was pretty spooky, kind of scary, but uh, the, the movie kind of wraps up by trying to be one of those everything is connected type movies. I don't know if that landed as well for me as I wanted it to, but the stories themselves were scary. And the, you know, seeing the, I don't remember what ghosts there were but there's a lot of bumps in the night so to speak and they were scary so i'd recommend that one that one is available on hulu uh to stream Wishmaster is available on prime video um as well and i think i said hubie was on netflix but next up we're gonna we're gonna uh, take a step back to disney plus again guys i love disney and i've been really eating up the halloween movies for disney this year mom's got a date with a vampire uh that's a disney channel original movie the hansen kids are in a jam adam and his best friend duffy have, oh this is a long explanation look basically mom's got a date with a vampire and uh, the kids have to save her and uh, this is one of those movies that uh, did not hold up as well as it did back in the day. I remembered it being a little better than it was, but it's still not a bad movie. It's a, it's a, I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, and I would watch this. It looks like, too, on the poster that this movie premiered on Friday the 13th. So, whoa, spooky season all over this. Uh, but it's it's a... You know, I, I would say if you've seen this movie in the past or you watched it as a kid... It's probably worth a rewatch. If you haven't, I don't know what I could tell you to convince you to watch this because by the end of it, there's really nothing gained, only in that mom doesn't end up getting attacked by the vampire. She gets saved, um, but it is it is a comedy and it's a family movie, so it's not scary at all. Uh, it's pretty funny, but a lot of the jokes are uh, very uh, early 2000s. This was a actually 2000 movie, uh, but but still classic classic disney channel original movie from there we move on to scary stories to tell in the dark this movie came out last year uh this movie actually is not available for streaming unless you have showtime uh we all purchased this movie because we really like it we loved the scary stories to tell in the dark as kids 
would always uh, always talk about them with each other or spook each other with them. And so this movie's good. There's some things that I think we all wish there were more of, less of, but overall it's a good scary movie and hopefully something where maybe there's a sequel and they can tell more scary stories because the ones that were in this are great. You've got Mitai Doti Walker, uh, The Red Spot, You've got, I'm trying to think of what, a Herald, obviously, classic, and then the White Lady, I think, is one of them that is uh, super creepy as well. The monsters and scary bits in here are really scary, uh, but there's a lot of filler as well. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of, all the actors are um, kind of younger. It's like a, it's almost like a knockoff it or Stranger Things, where you've got a group of young kids in the, in the late 60s that find a book that writes these scary stories that end up killing the people that are being it's being written about Uh, but it's really good so if you haven't seen it i would check it out again i'm not going to tell you to buy it or rent it but um, if you're able to stream it definitely check it out Uh, grave encounters this one is available on prime video and uh, grave encounters uh, we had watched when it i think when it came out or a little bit after it was one of those times when netflix actually had a ton of really good scary movies and uh, this movie's from 2011, and it is essentially a movie based on ghost adventures. So it is about a ghost hunting reality show, and the entire movie is just a pieced together uh, night that they spend in an abandoned mental hospital. And uh, as the night goes on, and we find out that it continues to go on and on and on, um, the the scares get scarier and scarier. There are even seeing this movie already a long time ago but even it being you know a ten, almost 10 year old movie still scared me scared me quite a bit in a couple of scenes they did some some good spots but obviously some of the cgi shows and some of the bits are like okay come on like uh, not in terms of the scary but in terms of the reality crew uh, a little campy a little corny i guess you could say uh, but other than that, it's a spooky, spooky movie. So um, I would check that one out if you're afraid of ghosts. Or again, if you're a huge fan of like ghost adventures, I would definitely check this out because uh, what's his name? Lance, uh, Lance Hunter or something like that. Uh, Lance Preston. This is Lance Preston and you're watching Grave Encounters, uh, which is kind of cool. And uh, and then uh, that's that's all that we've watched so far. So I think we have plans for a couple of other movies but that's the gist of it. So I would say overall, it's been a pretty good Halloween season. We've watched some really good uh, scary films. But um, looking forward to more scary movies in the future. And uh, looking forward to reviewing movies one at a time going forward too as well. I feel honestly feel a little bit exhausted from all of the scary movies that we've been watching. We've been trying to hit one every night. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you want to take a little bit of a break, but you can't. you got to fight it, and we're fighting for you, the listener. So to those of you out there that have made it all the way to the end of this, thank you so much for listening. And uh, for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter, at A Robot's Wink, or on Instagram, at A Robot's Wink. Happy Halloween, and make sure to vote.